Welcome to Think for Yourself Radio, a minimalist podcast exploring fringe concepts in health and consciousness from a biohacker's perspective. I'm your host, Kalina Lux. Well, hello and welcome to episode three of Think for Yourself podcast. I am excited to bring to you guys today something that is near and dear to my heart. Um, This whole entire episode is going to be about healing and how we actually are already imbued with all the inner technology we need to heal every aspect of our lives, our bodies, be that physical, mental, spiritual, at this exact moment, we are empowered fully. And I'm going to get into that a little bit later. I just want to start off and say that it is my utmost mission in this lifetime to help people remember that we do not need anything external to ourselves to heal instantly, deeply, and completely in this exact moment. At the beginning of the pandemic, quote unquote, when all of the lockdowns started happening here on the island in Puerto Rico where I live, I knew that there was one thing that I needed to do. And my prayer was over and over. I just kept praying, please, Let me be a part of healing in the new world. Let me help people remember the intrinsic superpowers that we have as our God-given birthrights. So in order to give you guys the activation codes for spontaneous, instant, self-regenerative healing, I actually have to share my story. So I've pretty much been fascinated by the art of healing from a super young age um, and most like <laughs> mostly because I've had the unique opportunity and blessing to experience miraculous healing outside of the normal conventions of Western medicine. From my childhood, I was exposed to pretty much superhuman abilities as if they were completely normal in my family. Um, from my own injuries to my dad's it, it just, we did not go to doctors. There was a overall distrust in the medical society for good reason. And, and actually, I just want to make a little segue in there real quick. If you don't know the story about how the American Medical Association, the Ivy League schools, and all of that came to play, you could look it up on a search. It's public domain, but it's, you know, everything's censored these days. So I will give you a little brief synopsis of that. I believe it was like in the early 1900s, I don't remember the exact dates, that Rockefeller and his associates had just invested in the pharmaceuticals. However, at that point in time, nobody was buying their pills and nobody was buying Uh, in their investment because they had a lot of remedies and whatnot that already worked for them. They had no need to change. So these clever businessmen and and maybe even time travelers, because, you know, how would they have the foresight to to tell? But they went to, I don't know, maybe 30 schools or so, universities at the time, and they say they pitched a deal. They said, hey, we will invest in your school bring it state-of-the-art 
equipment, research facilities, uh, campus. We'll redo all your buildings. We'll do your architecture. And they'll be the most sought after, exquisite schools. However, you have to use our curriculum for all your future medical doctors. It's going to be called the American Medical Association. And it's going to be specifically focusing on pharmaceuticals. So as you could probably guess, the schools that said yes became the Ivy League schools. Everything is hidden in plain sight. Ivy, poison ivy. Eventually, what happened was these doctors that were going to these schools, it was very prestigious to go to these Ivy League schools because they were so nice. And there was a lot of monetary incentives to these doctors that went and trained there. So later on, the Ivy League schools became the ultimate goal for all people going to universities, pursuing you know their doctorate, and all the other remedies slowly and surely faded into quote-unquote quackery. Yes. So next time that you think your doctor knows more than you, you can just reframe it in your mind that they're really just a glorified pill pusher because that is exactly what they were invented to do. Let's get back to the story. Let's get back to this empowering activation that I wish to share with you today. So I had an experience in my childhood. (laughs) I was obsessed with gymnastics as a young girl, which later on translated to uh, cheerleading. Gosh, don't tell anybody. (laughs) Um, In my seventh and eighth grade. And I was doing a lot of back handsprings in a row. I had just recently moved um, from the island I grew up on where the dollar went a long way to a different school way up north where the dollar was considerably less uh, potent. (laughs) And I was living in a, a tiny home compared to what I was used to. There was all these experiences of trauma. I became suddenly like from the white girl on the island that I was living on to like the beaner and the poor minority girl, the only girl that had any kind of little bit of tan in her skin. Uh, when I moved from the island I grew up on to Oregon. And at this point in time, you know, I was just really trying to make friends and fit in. And I I pushed myself too hard and somehow I threw out my lower back. Like I pinched a nerve in my lower back. Nobody knew what it was at the time. All I knew that it was excruciating. I could not walk. I could not freaking stand. I could not sit. I just could hold myself awkwardly in a chair and any little bit of movement was very painful. So, you know, I begged my dad to take me to the the ER. We sat there for several hours. Nobody would even see me. So eventually my dad was like, you know what? Forget this. We're actually going to go and I'm going to take you to the chiropractor tomorrow. And I was so pleasantly surprised and impressed when the next morning, after just a series of three pops, I had no pain. I walked out of there like nothing had ever happened. And I was pain-free until many years later, like almost, gosh, what was that? From seventh grade to like 22. So yeah, like 10 years, I was pain-free. Until later, I'll tell you that story in a bit, but that was a snowboarding accident, but I'll get there in a little bit. 
So that early on kind of like set the stage for me to be like, wow, okay. So Western medicine wasn't there for me, but this weird chiropractor dude fixed me for like 50 bucks and three pops. Later on, I went on to, you know, be in high school and I had the most profound light code activation of superhuman healing abilities that I've ever had. Now you guys are going to love this fucking story because it is very embarrassing. (laughs) I was dating someone at the time in high school, like when I was 16, 17, and we were definitely um, planning for a weekend of things that you shouldn't do while your parents are away. My father had recently had a heart attack. My dad was actually quite a bit older. So he had me when he was 61. So he definitely was way older. So, can you know, consequentially, he had a heart attack around, I don't know, when I was in high school. That would have made him like 80, almost 80 years old. So he had a heart attack and he had this clog in his heart. And my mom finally convinced him to go up to Portland, which was several hours away, like I think four hours away, to get his heart checked out. And I was expecting, everybody was expecting that he would have to have surgery and be there, you know, under the care of the doctor in the hospital for the whole weekend, if not weeks, you know, or a week at least. And I was super stoked because that meant that I got to have my boyfriend over and we were going to just, you know, get into some trouble. (laughs) So, you know, next thing you know, We're definitely very much unclothed, just naked in the living room couch in my, you know, my, my childhood home, my family home. And, you you know, I hear like keys jingle jangling in the door and oh my God, next thing you know, it the door flings open, it's my mom and dad. It's the very same day that they had gone up to Portland. They came back that night and here I was in my living room, completely unclothed with a gentleman, a young gentleman I was dating at the time. And yes, I actually (laughs) was caught in the act. (laughs) Super embarrassing. Don't recommend it. But the moral of that story is, is that the reason my dad came home so soon from the hospital when he was supposed to be getting, um, gosh, I don't even remember that surgery is called angioplasty is because when they went to examine the clog in his heart, he had grown a natural bypass. A bunch of capillaries grew around the clog in his heart and he was now functioning as a fully healthy, healed person with no problems in blood flow whatsoever. And, (laughs) you know, long story short, I had to go through that very pivotal moment in my life to get that activation code that you can act, that the body can do these things without you even telling it to that the body will adapt as long as you allow it the time and space to now flash forward i later on you know became very obsessed with skateboarding and snowboarding i was like trying to compete i wanted to do all like the rail jams and the half pipe competitions and just all of it right and i was just pushing myself way too hard, definitely not being healthy about things, most likely, you know, maybe drinking a little bit and throwing myself off these gigantic jumps, like 20 foot kickers. And I landed wrong once and I, you know, kind of put a little compression fracture in my spine, 
didn't care. Just got a helmet the next day, kept pushing harder, super competitive, just didn't really have any respect for injuries or pain. Didn't think it mattered. You know, I was just, it didn't, it didn't, I don't know. It didn't mean the same things to me. Then that summer I was training skateboarding and my best friend Katie at the time from high school, we went on this epic skateboarding trip. We hit every skate park from Portland, Oregon down to San Francisco. It was a two month trip. Oh my gosh, it was super fun. And on the last day of our trip, I was just barely dropping in. I didn't even fall, nothing like that. I just slammed down. I was trying to learn how to pump in the bowls and I couldn't like figure out how to keep up speed. So I was just like excessively slamming my board down and I cracked that same compression fracture in my spine, probably from the earlier injury, you know, as a child in, in, um, you know, cheerleading doing gymnastics. This was at the time before like I had insurance. Uh, I actually had some insurance from the VA because I was, you know, in the Air Force at once upon a time. And, but that the VA at this point was like, had super long waiting lists. Like you couldn't get in to see them for four months. So I came back to my home after that skateboarding trip and I tried to schedule an appointment to see a doctor at the VA. And I, I was seen four months later. And in that time frame, I remembered, oh, the chiropractor, of course. So I looked up a chiropractor. I was unable to move. I was unable to walk. All I could do was like lay down in my bed. And my best friend, Katie, was so polite and kind to me. She would take me to the bathroom, bring me my meals. And this went on for a month because I could not walk. I didn't know what was going on. I just remembered that, you know, the chiropractor healed me once and it'll heal me again. So I invited this chiropractor over for house calls and they would come and set my back, you know, several times a week. Every time that I would get up to go to the bathroom, they would come and like, you know, set my back. And eventually I was just walking around really slowly. And the motivation for me was that before that skate trip, I was given the job opportunity of a lifetime (laughs) and I was given an opportunity to teach skateboarding and snowboarding for 20 bucks an hour. And this was for me in college. Like, oh my God, best job ever. So I had my mind on skateboarding the entire time that I laid there in my bed, unable to move. I just laid there all day, every day and dreamt of skateboarding. And then, you know, about a month later, I was hobbling around and shortly thereafter, I took that job and I started training myself to be able to skateboard again. Now, I I admit I was never as fluent or ballsy as I was before that, but I definitely made a lot of progress even after that injury. Later on, after four months had passed, I finally got to go and see the doctor and they took x-rays of my back. And I remember the doctor's face when she came back into the room with my x-rays, face pale, jaw dropped. And she says, you have a broken spine. How are you even walking? And she showed me and she pointed out that my nerves had basically formed something called like a neural ganglia which means that they tied themselves in such a way that allowed them to be secure and they secured the broken part of my spine. 
And I went on like this for years. I mean, I've never had surgery or anything. I went on to train capoeira, continue skateboarding, snowboarding intensely. I even went on to be a, like a belly dancer, which, you know, you have to have a lot of movement in that area. I also, in that time frame, I experienced a lot of like herniations, but I also noticed that they would always come at a certain time. And I was thinking to myself, I could, I could sense that there was something going on. Every time my back blew out, I could feel that there was a similar type of energy, but I wasn't quite conscious enough to understand what that could be or how to look for it. And I kept wishing like, oh, I wish there was a book out there that could just describe to me like why my back keeps going out because I could tell that it was tied into like my mental, emotional stress levels. I could tie, I could tell it was like, but I didn't understand fully why until much later when I finally found a book that did describe it. So when I found this book, it described basically that there are mental and emotional correlations with every injury and every illness, every genetic disorder, etc. Everything is always correlative with an emotional and a mental state. And I began cross-referencing this book immensely. It's actually a really popular book. You've probably heard of it. It's called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And in there was like a little glossary of a bunch of different injuries. And I I started cross-referencing every single injury I had and experimenting with the mantras in there and really not just saying a mantra like, oh, you know, I am love and light, blah, blah, but like actually doing the work to discover what was going on in my life. I started combining the the injuries on the locations of my body, the sides of my body. And then I started doing this with every single person I talked to that had an injury and ailment. I did this to this day. I cross-referenced boyfriends, family members, people. I mean, literally. And I could always ask them, hey, are you, you know, struggling financially? And, and you know, depending on their in, their injury or are you worried about the details of the future? Or are you really not giving yourself, you know, the, the enjoyment and allowing yourself to experience pleasure? Correlative based off of their injuries. And I found that with about a 99.8% successful rate Over the last 12 years or 15 years now, gosh, I've checked everybody and literally it's that accurate. Now, as I evolve, I'm learning more, you know, ways to go even deeper into this, but I've definitely, you know, I've been drawing on my life experience. Like I studied biology with an emphasis in consciousness, like no joke, I did my Um, one of my term papers on Bufo, what before I even knew it was called Bufo. So I've been doing like this exploration. I've spent a couple years of my life doing, you know, in shamanic journey apprenticeships, learning how to alter my brainwave states and to put myself into hypnotic states to self-heal, particularly emotional stuff. You know, I've studied like pranic healing and crystal healing, and I've studied with um, the Pacos in Peru and the Laika um, through medical anthropologist Alberto Violdo, which was really another one of the things that I'm going to talk about here in a bit. But, um, you know, in the work of Joe Dispenza and, and all these kinds of things, you know, and, and I just kind of started putting them all together. And because of all of those different studies and experiences that I've had, 
I can tell you with 100% definitively, we have so much power, you guys. We have so much power in ourselves to heal on command, to heal like everything as long as we're super conscious of the thoughts and emotions going on. When I did, um, it's called Healing the Light Body course. Gosh, that was so long ago. It was like one of my first courses I did spiritually by Alberto Violdo, the Four Winds School. And he brought these Pacos or Laikas from Peru, from the high Andes, which basically translates to shaman that doesn't use medicine. They, they use like other types of strategies, but they don't use plant medicine. And they taught me that if you wanted to heal the physical body, if you want to heal an injury on the physical body, you can never go to the same level that that injury is in. You have to go to the layer of energy above it. So for the body, if you want to heal the body, you have to go to the emotions and heal the emotions. If you want to heal the emotions, you have to look to the mind and discover what thoughts you're thinking. If you want to discover the thoughts that you're thinking, you would have to go to the soul. And for the soul, you would have to go to the spirit. Now, I don't really understand the last two yet, but I understand the first three really well. So basically, ever since I've put all these things together, I've been working on and donating a lot of my time to sit with people. To this day, I'll still do it totally voluntary, just donation based, I will sit with people and give them uh, like a reading of light codes, I call it. Because you know what? Our minds are so powerful. Even to this day, no single scientist can actually prove that this world that we experience daily isn't just some kind of hologram, a hollow fractographic reality that we are projecting from the inside out. They can't disprove that. They cannot prove that this table right here is actually completely real. Because when you zoom into it, you get to the atomic level. Oh, but what is the majority of an atom? Energy. When you zoom in on that energy, you get a fractal pattern of the same thing. You get about 1% actual quote-unquote matter and the rest energy. However, if you zoom in on that 1%, you get that same fractal pattern back over and over infinitely. So that proves right there that everything is actually exclusively energy, that matter doesn't even exist. More likely hologram than not. So all you have to do to develop these superhuman healing abilities is develop your awareness. If you've developed your awareness to any kind of extent past the generic basis that we're given, you know, the, the presets that we're given when we enter these bodies, you would know that this construct we live in that we call reality is extremely responsive to our every thought and our every action. I work with light codes. I read light codes. Um, I One of my gifts that I've been given that I happily give on to anybody is I can read your light codes. Now, light codes are basically just geometric mandalas that are formed by thoughts. Thoughts create a certain energetic geometric mandala or light code, as I call them. And we're constantly exchanging these light codes with each other on the fourth dimension. Side note, there is literally technology patented that exists that can both send and receive these 
directly into and from the brain, there's technology that exists that can actually read these fourth dimensional energetic geometric mandalas that you just think, and I can prove it. Try this experiment. Think about something randomly and wait till social media advertises it to you. Think about it. Never say it out loud. Never type it in. Just think it and just wait. Wait until you get it advertised to you. And I know this has probably already happened to you. So you know already that what I'm saying is true. There is technology that exists that can intercept these light codes. So let's talk a little bit more about light codes because they're very, very important in the role of healing. Light codes are little packets of photons with information that we emit via our electromagnetic toroidal field. Some of you might know this by the word, the word aura. And we're constantly sending them out based off of what we think and how we feel. When we think thoughts, especially repetitive programs given to us at childhood, they create a corresponding emotion. And these emotions create a corresponding neurochemical cocktail in the brain that has a direct effect on the water in our body, which later on has a direct effect on the DNA in our field, which turns on different genes to be transcribed. If you guys ever heard of the work of Nobel laureate winner Luc Montagnier on DNA as a standing wave, you would understand a little bit about how this works. I'm not going to get into that because I think there's enough research out there to let you know about Luc Montagnier's work on DNA as a standing wave, but I'll briefly mention this. In his work, he proved that DNA can be completely synthesized in a vacuum-sealed, hermetically empty, sterilized container simply by projecting a light beam at it with, quote-unquote, light codes, photons of energy and information. So basically, he synthesized DNA out of nothing, nothing, empty. This cup, this little jar was sterilized, sealed, nothing in it. You beam something in it, boom, he got a strand of DNA. That is a pretty profound thing. I mean, (laughs) that's profound if you think about it. So what does that tell you? That (laughs) DNA can be automatically transcribed, popped in from another dimension simply by projecting light at it. This is what we do with our light codes. Our electromagnetic toroidal field amplifies and creates the DNA that we have. And now, yes, this does get passed on from parent to child, but not because of the DNA and the third dimensional, you know, matter that we're told it is, but by the light codes, by the emotional state and the water in the mom's body passed on to the child. This is how we get our light codes or at least the base ones that we come in, you know, to our lives with. So if you're seeing anything that could be determined to, you know, like diagnosed by a doctor to be genetic, or if you're having any injuries, ailments, all of it works, but you first have to have the awareness enough to tune into your emotions and your thoughts. This is a level we have to fix ourselves at. This is the technology we've been gifted And all we must do is just get the activation code, aka the belief, 
to allow reality to reflect this back to us as our actual reality and then be hyper aware of the thoughts that initially create the subtle cascade of frequencies in our subconscious. It is absolutely possible to heal on command simply by doing the inner work and addressing the light codes that were placed there via your emotions and your thoughts. And furthermore, it is your divine birthright to be able to access yourself in a state of perfect, pristine health. When we are born in the womb, we are given everything that we need for perfect health and development. We have the idea somehow that life is hostile, that everything's working against us, that everything is going to hurt us or harm us, when really, if we were to just take a look at nature, we would see that's not the case. Nature supports life. And furthermore, all the contents necessary for survival and thrival are contained in one seed. Why would we be any different? And over the course of this podcast, it is one of my goals to be able to transmit to you these codes and these downloads about how to access your inner healer and your inner divine birthright of quantum healing on the command. So we'll be getting into that more as we go. If you're suffering from any type of reoccurring injury, illness, or ailment, there is a hack for it. I want to remind you that you and you alone are the authority on your body and your health. No doctor knows you better than you, and no doctor can heal you the way you can. So stay open and stay curious, and most importantly, experiment on yourself and think for yourself. Thanks for listening. And I'll catch you in the next episode.